All right, welcome back to North London's Most Read, episode 29. We've just beaten Newcastle 2-0 away, and it's put us in good stead for the big match live on Thursday. Which the is real match. The real match, which is the, 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 the death match against Unai Emery, to see who deserves to be <laughs> Arsenal's most mediocre manager of all time. Kieran, what do you think, man? Oh, man, I like that. Um, I was quite happy with the freestyle there, you know. Yeah, well, it, mate, it's Newcastle, like... I'm I'm not that excited. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's what we should be doing every week to teams like this. I'm not I'm not trying to hate on Newcastle, but we're Arsenal. Like that should be a standard performance every week against it teams. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. But we seem to only be able to put in these types of performances against um, teams much lower than us in the league, teams around relegation. I can't remember the last time we put in a performance like that against a big team. Yeah, the uh, commentator said uh, a stat that said that in the twelve teams we've got against uh, twelve games we played against bottom eight opposition, we've got twenty five points, which is just over two points a game, which is about mid Champions League, like third place, second, like third yeah. place level. Um, but against the top twelve teams, or top eight teams, we've played uh, twenty or something. The top teams above us, we've played twenty one games and got twenty one points. So it's a point a game, which is like sixteenth, seventeenth, fifteenth in the league type performance. Yeah. So it's all well and good being a pub stomper where you can kill off the teams that maybe shouldn't be in the division, but you, you've got to do more than that, man. Exactly. How how did you feel about the team lineup today when it came out? Um, I was happy. I was quite happy with it. There's a couple of things for me, but I mean, I'll let you answer first, mate. So it was interesting seeing Bellerin come into the squad. I wasn't expecting it because he'd been left out of so many squads. I thought he'd have played before now, but because he'd been dropped for so long, I thought, you know, there's something weird going on here. Yeah. At the same time, I'm glad that we rested both Pepe and Saka. It shows that Arteta thinks that they are the two players that are probably going to make the difference in the Villarreal game. And like, it's nice to see that Saka, ha- uh, sorry, Pepe has become one of those people now that we used to think, okay, rest Saka, but now it's like rest Pepe, which means that shows... You know, he's considered important now and Arteta actually considers him important, uh, which he never has been considered before. Um, so Willian and uh, Martinelli started. I was glad to see Martinelli start. It probably means that he won't. Yeah. Really, uh, I mean, I don't know what the extent of the damage from that Shah tackle at the end is, but he probably wasn't going to play the Villarreal game anyway. Alba back in the team. I'm not sure if that means that he'll play on Villarreal. I'm, basically, when I'm announcing these team players, I don't really care about this game. It's just to see, like, okay, those are the players that aren't probably playing on Thursday. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... I'd rather have not seen a full-strength team today in order to go 100% on Thursday. Partey also didn't start. Interesting to see that Gabriel and Louise came back. Um, you know, I guess Louise had to get a start before they were planning to put him in on Thursday just to get yeah. him back up to normal and get him used to the, the, the pitch again and get him some minutes. But unfortunately, it looks like he won't be playing on Thursday because he picks up an injury. Yeah, that was unfortunate, man. Gabriel was playing as our most advanced midfielder, which was interesting to see. Gabriel had a really good game today. <laughs> he was really making nice runs, man. It was nice to see because he hasn't featured for a while. Um, I thought it was great that Ryan came back in the team. Um, I'm enjoying... I, I, I've enjoyed his three games so far. I hope he starts on Thursday. Big call, but I really hope he does play on Thursday. He won't, he won't. Over, over Leno. Leno's been in trash form recently and he needs to be dropped in an important game so he bucks up his ideas. I still think ultimately Leno's probably a slightly better keeper than Ryan, but... Leno's coasted for too long. He's got he he needs to you know learn his lesson if he's going to become our number one for next season. Um, glad Bellerin's back in. Uh, he's much better right back than Chambers. Don't know how Chambers has coasted for so long after after one performance at West Ham. He's been totally poor and average. I ever disagree since with West you Ham on game. this one, but okay, fair enough. Offered nothing going forward apart from in the West Ham game. 
Um, Xhaka at left backs, tragic. Don't know why he's still doing that. He, they had a good uh, game. I'll, I'll go into that later. He had a good game. On, he shouldn't be on the pitch. He had a good game. Um, yeah, he shouldn't be on the pitch. But yeah, um, glad on any plays. Sabas needed to come back in because he's obviously not going to feature in Europa. So they need yeah. to make things fresh, keep party fresh. He's also good against shit teams. And good yeah, against, true. like, defensive, like, really low-block teams. Yeah, I'm glad Martinelli came back in as well. Uh, I'm glad Albert got some game time. Willian, again, offered completely nothing. So, But what were we expecting? When you He's play pro- Willian, it's like playing El Nenny on the wing. <laughs> but El- it's El just Nenny because they actually... both just sideways passes. Just, like, yeah, when you're on the wings. Today, man. But he really was. He didn't do anything different. He just scored. But El Nenny's El Nenny's safe though. Do you know what I mean he? But I mean our midfielders don't score anyway. So when we win, it's all when a good game. He's safe. But when we lose, we go. Oh, he's safe. It's just like you know. It's just based on whether we do well or not. Whether yeah, fielding him was a good decision. But our midfielders don't score goals, and El Nenny's chopped chipped in with a goal today. So that's got to be positive. Do you want to go into goal now? Or yeah. So just before this, Gabriel dribbled all the way up the field, skinned people left, right, and centre, and had a shot blocked. About like a minute later, it comes to Bellerin, who hits a really good cross that Alba scuffs. Um, yeah. But that scuff happens to send it in the direction of Elneny, who on the edge of the box bashes it in. It's a good finish. I'm frustrated that um, Alba gets credited the assist here because yeah. it's Bellerin deserves it, and we've been I've been I've been disappointed with Bellerin's performances like over the last three or four months and I will be the also the first one to say that he had a great 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 game today I thought he was really good today yeah. um and it's I'm gutted for him that he didn't get like a tangible stat to go with that performance and so I feel like he no, did all the work point. and he delivered the ball in to get the assist and so I feel like he deserves it and I feel like Alba shouldn't be given an assist for messing up a shot yeah it was also nice to have pace in the right back position because we haven't had that with Chambers at all um, and it's a great ball by Louise. He plays. Um, you know, when Louise plays, he can play them through long balls that really open up teams. Mm-hmm. And we've been missing that a lot. And I know it sounds weird, but Louise, like through Arteta's tenure, has been one of our most creative players. And you don't get that from Holden. You don't get that from Gabriel. And you don't get that from Mary. So when Louise picks I up, I think the Matt, ball and uh, it, Gabriel's got a, a, a cutthroat pass in him that can cut through yeah, the lines. Yeah, but not nowhere near the same as Louise and no one is consistent but I agree with you on holding holding is just a sort of purely old school defensive yeah, defender um, yeah like you said it's it's one of them kind of assists that Williams has been getting throughout the season that Aubameyang's assist today because it's kind of like a completely <laughs> something's irrelevant, happened that's scored yeah <laughs> a completely irrelevant assist that wasn't really any way in shape or form helped the goal it's just going to stat pad Aubameyang uh you know, to say that you got assist today. But, you know, they they said that Elna needs to be working on his shooting with that new coach. I was hearing on Sky Sports after the goal. So, you know, it's a good shot. The keeper should save it. Um, it's the kind of, like, shots that Leno's been letting in recently. Um, ones that, you know, you're not going to be... It's not a mistake, but... No, they're not routine really saves. Better. They're a good save if you save those. Yeah. And I, mean, I think th- all of our midfielders should be taking shooting lessons because they should be arriving on the edge of the box when stuff like that happens. I don't yeah. get why... No one can score goals. Did you see the stat that came, the table that came out yesterday? I was, uh, I think it was on the Arsenal subreddit. There was all of the goals scored by midfielders ranked by Premier League teams, and we are bottom, yeah. below all of the bottom teams below the Sheffield United's and all of that. There are teams with like twenty six goals scored from midfield from like Man U and stuff like that. We've got two. Yeah, but I think if you look at the way tactically how Newcastle set up, Newcastle were playing so deep and so many bodies in the box. So when the ball broke, 
they had no one running out to our players. So all our players have to do is wait on the edge of the box because they're playing so deep. It makes it a lot easier when you play against Newcastle. But that has nothing to do with the fact that we've got two goals from midfielders in the whole Premier League season. How It's so easy to defend against Arsenal when you know that none of their midfielders are any kind of goal threat. You just mark the front three and it's all good. Yeah, but that's what I was trying to allude to. Like the fact that the only reason we scored from midfield today was because of Newcastle. It wasn't to do with our midfielders, you know, being attacking or anything like that. It was the fact that because Newcastle was so deep, it it presented us opportunities to shoot from the edge of the box. So, that you know, it helped in that situation. Like, we wouldn't normally get that. If we were playing against a team that's more attacking and doesn't drop so deep, our midfielders wouldn't score them goals today or had shots today. Like, Xhaka had a shot, I remember. It was a like good 20 shot. yards that keep it safe. So, I mean, against teams where... They press us, and Newcastle didn't press us at all. They just made that was the most comfortable game of football I've ever watched Arsenal play. Yeah, I didn't really feel like anyone ever had a like a real top chance. I don't think Matt Ryan made a save. I can't remember. He did. There was a, a Saint Maximan deflected ball that a shot that oh, came yeah, off yeah, Shaka yeah. that, that he had to early. save early on. Yeah. I want to talk about Saint Maximan later, so I don't want to go into it too much. All right. Um, After that, uh, I think the next thing of note was Shaka getting a really dumb yellow card, and I was really worried at the time because I thought, right, well. Sam Maximum yeah. just going to run at him and he's going to be not able to do anything. And he's either going to get himself sent off or he's just going to have to just get skinned by Sam Maximum. Um, yeah, it just puts you on, on. It makes you nervous because of, of how many red cards we've got this season, especially just after what Sabahis did on Thursday night yeah. as well. It kind of, you're thinking, Xhaka, he's such a rash player, even more rash than Sabahis. So it's like he's got 80 minutes or 70 minutes, whatever it was, to try and not get another yellow card. You were thinking, bloody hell, if we get go down to 10 men again, this is going to be difficult. Yeah, but I think he played well for the rest of the game, I have to be honest. You think that he should have got a yellow? I think that's not really... But it's dumb to do, but it shouldn't have been a though, yeah. But um, I think that Xhaka actually had a really good game today. But it's yeah, easy it to right. have a good game against a team that's not going to pressure you in defence in the same way that you know a high-pressing, better team will that's more, mm-hmm. more energetic and just technical. But yeah, so the next thing after that I can think of was... Xhaka has a shot tipped over the bar, which leads to a corner. The, the magic man himself, the goal scorer, almost gets a second by heading the. And I've never known El Neni to be a you know a header of the ball. Like, I've never, yeah, I've never think I've ever seen him head the ball before. But it's a great header. It goes over. Uh, what's uh, the what are those two brothers called? One of them was there, and it goes over him. Yeah, I the two brothers, what are their names? Matty and whatever Longstaff. It goes Longstaff, over. Longstaff, that's it. Goes under one of, goes over one of the brothers, but Almiron's on the line and he gets it because the goalie looked like he was beaten. So it would have been two goals for El Neni, but he gets uh, cleared off the line. I thought that was a really old school thing to do because no one puts people on the on, on the goalposts anymore because we've got the stats now that say that you should be elsewhere because even if it looks good that you clear the ball off the line once or twice a season, you let in 10 more from not being on the goalpost and not marking people anyway. Yeah, but, true. you know, it's traditional stuff and it worked that time. Yeah, it was, you know, the keeper was never getting it. So, you know, Newcastle, you know, whether they employ them tactics normally, I don't know because I don't watch enough of them. But, you know, it saved them in that situation. It wasn't really relevant to the game, really, though, because they did fuck all else in the first half. We could have just stopped playing after the first goal, having seen what we know yeah. now. But at the time, it's like we need more. Yeah, we, you know, we we need that. We needed that second goal. Um, to be honest, like in the first half, like they just made it so easy for us. Like we've struggled recently when teams have pressed us, and they didn't do any of that. It was it was honestly like a training match. Like it was attack versus defense the whole game. Uh, the only times in the first half I was slightly worried was whenever Sam Maximan got the ball, and he'd run at us. He did a couple of amazing runs, but at the end of the day, like 
Wilson and St. Maximan are, are feeding on scraps. Yeah, they had nothing to deal with. I, I was confused because St. Maximan was attacking down the left a lot more in the first half, and I think he should have switched over to uh, to the right of Newcastle's attack and really attack Xhaka. Yeah, that's why. I, and I think he could have. I think they really could have got us down to ten men if they if they exploited Xhaka because. Xhaka ain't got the temperament. If he's on a yellow card to last like 60, 70 minutes of football. And you, you know my feelings about his way he should have been sent off anyway. But we can get into that if you want because that's the next thing I know I've got in the game. Um, I've got only one thing before half time, yeah, which is um, my, Martinelli puts in like a nice cross into Ceballos who doesn't do much with it at all. And that was a bit frustrating because what if he'd scored, he'd have been right back in the good books again. Um, but it wasn't to be, and that's the like nothing else happened until half time except Martinelli destroying Murphy with like nutmegging him oh, at the end of the first half, taking souls. Um, and actually, I just want to say that Martinelli had a really, really good performance today. He played really well. He was probably man yeah. of the match for me. He, the only the only disappointing thing for Martinelli today was the fact that he didn't actually really get an opportunity to actually score. Mm. Like he was never put in a position or given a pass where. You think, unless he does some individual brilliance and takes on like two or three players, he was never really, really in a position where he could shoot. Yeah, that was the only disappointing thing. He, he did some really good wing play actually off the left. I, I'm a a big fan of him down the centre, but you can see why he does start. He on was the switching left wing into nine with Albert yeah. every now and then, but it was mostly him on the left. Yeah, but you know, like to say that the game was really comfortable, but we actually didn't really create that many chances when you think about it. We had about four or five chances in the game. Yeah, I mean, it, it's still it's still disappointing to think we dominated the ball that much, and we actually didn't have that many chances to score. For me, I mean, I know it's comfortable, and you can say that, like, you know, if if the game was tighter and we needed to create more, we could have. But I, I feel like in them sorts of games, you got to create a bit more. Still, I know it was comfortable and we won, but who's to say if Jacker got sent off, that couldn't have completely gone against us, you know? Yeah, and this time it didn't happen, but I know what you mean. There's like 10 parallel universes where Shaq gets sent off and we yeah. lose 2-1 or something. Let's let's get into this Shaq red card, man. Cause I'm gonna well, I don't think it's a red card, but you go for it. Well, it's it's not a red card. It's two yellows, obviously. Yeah. But like the first one, you know, in the first half is 100% yellow. I'm not going to debate that at all because mm-hmm. obviously that should have been given. It was rash. It was late. He was pissed off. You could just say he got mugged off a little bit by some maximansy. It was literally just a revenge tackle, which is yeah, dumb. Yeah. How are you going to get emotional in a logical team game? It's not about you. It's about the team. I hate it when people take that into their own hands, like their yeah. own upset about getting like like skinned and then be like, oh, I'm going to get off. Just... The, the he was great. Like, did you see when they were taking a free kick and he was shouting them all like to keep in line and like keep yeah. the line up? And, and I was like, that's like, he's that. elite. He, he's, and he's good at being a team player with that sort of stuff. But then he'll completely disregard it in another instance, which is getting himself yellow, which impacts the whole team as well. So it's annoying that there's two... Like, he's a strong personality, but it's annoying <laughs> when it goes the wrong way. That was the thing though, but you had players like Martin Keown and Vieira who had similar temperaments to Xhaka, to be honest. But they were just much, much, much better footballers. And that was the different. That was the that was the trade off you kind of had. You had people that would get red cards, and don't get me wrong, like our invincible teams and the great Renga teams, they they had a lot of red cards in them. But they were just such better players that they didn't normally cost us as much as when Xhaka and players well, you got more for the recently. risk. Yeah, exactly. But for me, right. This second challenge, I think it, on the basis of playing the state of the way football is these days, it's a yellow card. He's blocked off a player intentionally, used his elbow to block off this player. It's a yellow card all day long. It's the same thing as pulling into someone's shirt. It, it honestly is. It, sh- it should have been a red, uh, like you know, a second yellow, and then a red card. Um, Arteta's an idiot. He should have subbed Jacker at half time. He is so lucky that he didn't have to pay the mistake again. 
because if we if Jacko got sent off, I know it's half hypothetical, but if Jacko got sent off and we end up losing that game, it it, it just proves that Arteta hasn't has learned his lesson from Thursday night. It's three fucking days ago, Arteta, and you're running the risk of him getting a red card. Like it's so dumb. It just shows that for me, that's I'm 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 I, that's that's the thing that pissed me off most about that game. How he is, I, I'm not, I'm getting a bit pissed off about it. I'll be honest. No, go on, go on. But how are you? You're he's learning on the job, right? He's 38, 39, right? He's a young manager. It just proves that he can't learn. But he's been adapt. a player and a captain, and he understands how these things go. I'm sure he's seen people get sent off all around him because of dumb second yellow card stuff before. Like but he he's, should have internalized this by now. He was a leader on the pitch. He must have seen this from almost the same lens that a manager will see it in the past, having been like an on-pitch manager in the function of a captain. Especially how easy that first half was. Are you telling me that... Yeah, there's uh, no risk. If you just bring him off, play it safe, get Cedric on the left. Cedric on left back or whatever you want to do. Even put Saka as left back if you need to because Saka can play there and then you don't lose, you know, having a right-footed player on the left back position. You could you could play Saka for a half, you know. He's he, he's not going to be that tired for Thursday night. We've got a bit of a break before Thursday, you know. We've got like five days, four or five days rest. It's not going to... Saka's a young player, great energy. He's not going to miss anything out by starting Saka there but you know or Cedric and I just think it was he got lucky today he got really lucky I don't think they check on yellow cards for VAR but I think if Mike Dean if, if it was an option where they can check for yellow cards I think he'd have gone to the screen and he'd have given a yellow card and we'd, got, we'd have been down to 10 men today I don't uh, wanna... you know what I think I, you, I know what you think, mate, I it's, think a, it's a yellow it was dumb no, no, don't you can't block someone off with an elbow mate and expect it not to be a yellow card it's a yellow card all day long I agree with you that it was stupid and I'm irritated that Jacker would do that on a yellow when it wasn't like a direct can you just tell me why you don't thing. think it's a yellow card I just don't think I see those given all the time I see them given like half the time so I'm not going to say he should have been off he yeah. might have been off I mean he should have like rules of the game and when he off. did that he should have been subbed off in the next few minutes after that. Because yeah, how no, do you, no, that even you don't it, you yeah. don't just suddenly go like, oh, maybe I should have been sent off. I'm going to calm down now. You're meant to calm down he... before. So if he's not going to calm down, then he's not going to calm down now and he might do it again. In the, the same way that Sabayo well, should make... have been sent, uh, subbed off in the yeah. Villarreal game, he should have been subbed off there. Eve, like, when did we make our subs? Uh, this time we put party on in like the, what, the 87th or something? 85th, 85th. So it's like... Is it really worth a five-minute party cameo to keep Shaka yeah. on? Like, is that the trade-off at this point? Well, it wasn't even Shaka that came off. <laughs> it was Odegaard. No, I mean, you're but... sacrificing taking Shaka yeah. off, which is you know could potentially cause you to lose an extra goal on average or whatever a, a man missing is worth, right, and lose the game or yeah. not win the game to get party on the pitch for five minutes. It's like this. Like, what's think about the trade-off? Like, in what party on five minutes is worth? 0.05 goals yeah. keeping Xhaka on the pitch probably worth about minus a half goal or something yeah how sure. you like any like he, I'm sure like I, 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 I'm sure that he doesn't think in this mathematically and you shouldn't necessarily either but like it's just so obvious that I've just put it in maths terms because it's just a dumb thing to do and if you do that game 10 times Xhaka gets sent off in some of them and yeah. It's not as comfortable and smooth, and we have a lot more to talk about on our podcast. He's lucky. Arteta's lucky today. I mean, I, I, we've got a few questions over Arteta later, so I'm going to get into him a little bit more later. But having said that, the next thing that happens in the game is Aubameyang's goal. Uh, it's great wing play by Martinelli again. It's an yeah. absolutely brilliant ball in from Martinelli. Um, 
And it's a really good finish by Albert, to be fair. I think he, again, he was like Martinelli. He didn't really have much to feed on. He he was feeding off scraps for most of the game. We didn't really have any chances for our attacking players. Not really. Um, and it's actually a really good acrobatic finish. He and lunges into it. It's a really, it's like a kung fu kind of finish. It's, <laughs> it was it's so a, cool. It's a Zlatan goal, basically. It's going to get memed up. You know it's going to get memed. But it was a great finish. And then as soon as we got that goal, it was it was pretty much game over. Unless Xhaka lost his head or something, like we, there was no way they were getting back. Yeah, that game. happened in like what the sixty fifth, sixty sixth. So you've yeah. got a third of a game left, and you know, like, all right, let's just keep it cool now. We're good, we're good. Do you know what I mean? Like, you just got to keep it calm. Newcastle didn't really pose a threat after that, and we actually had another chance that I can remember just a couple of minutes later to go ahead with that when Chambers headed like a William cross wide. That was a to be fair to yeah. William, I don't think he had a good game, but this came out of nowhere. I didn't see, even see him in the position to cross. He randomly puts a ball in, and I thought Chambers could have scored that. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with William today, like, if he wasn't on the pitch, you wouldn't have realised. Like, we we pretty much... I'm not saying we were playing with 10 men, but there was a... You know, with, with William, like, if he was on the pitch or he wasn't on the pitch, I still think the result would have been the same. Like, I, I don't really know what he offered. I'm, I'm not saying he had a terrible game or anything like that, but, like, I can't think in an attacking position anything that he created. I mean, you can say that cross, but... One cross in a game, like, what's that? that no, is that the standards for Arsenal? I think modern day wingers have to carry goal threat. It's not just like the old school left and right mids that would get two goals a season. It would be fine because they were just crosses. You don't play yeah. that game anymore. You've got to be able to score goals. You've got to carry that threat. You've got to be coming inside. And he doesn't do that. So we're basically playing with two attacking players and one who might get an assist. But he doesn't even get... I mean, he's got a lot yeah. of assists, but they, they haven't been... we said it before, they're not real assists. They're not... If you did that season five times, he would on, it'd be on, like, four assists, not seven. And yeah. uh, Smith-Rowe came in in January and got as many assists as he's got so far. Do you know what I mean? And he's actually got goal threat. Let's put it this way. After Williams' performance today, if, you know, if Williams starts on Thursday, there's going to be more rights. There's going to be more rights than there are at Old Trafford right now. <laughs> I love the way that they've... They framed these protesters as like terrorists because they've gone like they said like oh we've they've don't worry they've locked the players inside the hotel. They're not terrorists are they? No, they're like they're like like they're trying to get at the players. They're not trying to get at the players. They love the players. They worship the players. They want the owners out. Like that's all yeah, it is. They're just football patriots. We know that, but you don't know someone's agenda. And like, regardless of what is said or done, when football fans are in the stadiums, normally, you know, there's security checks. There's checks in people's bags there's checks in but because they've stormed the stadium i know it's unlikely but who's to say that you know someone doesn't want to make a real statement they don't want to you know they don't want to do something to one of the players or they don't do you know what i mean you don't you don't know what people have got in their bags or do anything i'm not saying like anything like actually related to that but i'm just talking about like just sh- stupid shit that people it's just, do it's just the way that the, the sky and everyone else tried to frame of them of course, the players are going to feel unsafe. If I was a football player, I wouldn't. I know they're probably our fans, and you, you know, ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, that they're always going to be your fans. But it, all it takes is one person to do something stupid, mate. So I, I can see why the players are are not going anywhere near it. Um, you know, and it, it's not really normal behaviour to break into a stadium. I think that if you're protesting outside, there's nothing wrong with that. Even if you end up blocking the road off like the Chelsea fans did. I think the Chelsea fans, and I don't want to praise them too much because they're Chelsea fans, but the Chelsea fans handled it the right way. They protested, you know, outside the stadium. They made their feelings known. Like, what 
you know, the Glazers are going to see the fans protesting outside of the stadiums. They've already delayed the game. Like, what have they got to run into the pitch for? I've heard that they've, you know, they've broken cameras. They've, you know, they were trying to take the goal up and stuff like that. And it's just like, no, I, I love when fans, you know, they're sticking up for themselves. But to commit, like, criminal activity, it, it's not right. You can't, you can't be, like, fucking you know, supporting that shit. I don't support that shit. For the protests and stuff like that, 100%, I support all that. But when it comes to, like, smashing up equipment and shit like that, it ain't right, mate, whichever way you look at it. So I wasn't talking about any vandalism. I was just saying that it was funny how they were going, like, oh, don't worry, they've locked the players in the hotel room like it was a proper attack. When they were just outside the hotel protesting, they were the ones in the stadium went to the stadium when there was no players there. You put it this way, if you had... You support all the ineffective shit that doesn't cause change, basically. Oh, you can protest outside and that's all right, that's all good. That has no effect. It just makes people feel good about feeling like they're being productive and they're not. When Chelsea fans protested outside of Chelsea Stadium and Chelsea pulled out the European Chelsea weren't that into it anyway. So so you're saying that that didn't make any change during a peaceful process? It did. But that wouldn't have made the Glazers change. It wouldn't have made FSG change. It wouldn't have made KSE. Every week. Do it every week. Stop buying the merchandise. Stop buying tickets. That's how you affect them. Protest outside the stadium. You don't need to go inside the stadium and commit all that chaos. You can do it in the right way. You can do it in the right way. I'm not suggesting armed archaic revolution. Um, I just thought it was funny that they were made out to be these violent terrorists, insurgents, storming the stadium and being violent when that wasn't the case. I haven't seen the, they were just the, the terrorist shit. Just or... a few. No, no, they didn't actually say that. It's just the yeah, way yeah. they were trying to describe it, the language, like the, they were, should be fearful of these, like well, just should, man. passionate men, new fans they're who going hate. They're into a stadium and smashing shit up, mate. Like uh, you, you're telling me that if you're, it was a couple of lads with Tesco bags. <laughs> yeah, I know it was, but equipment got broken and stuff like that. I'm just trying to give the other side of it, mate. I wouldn't be safe if I was a player. You wouldn't, you know, football players are there to play football. They play. They're there to like you know, give support to the fans, but they're not there to be, you know, overrun by fans running into stadiums. Like, you know, if, if they'd have won the Premier League today and the fans run on the pitch, they'd probably be celebrating with the fans. They have that good connect with the fans. But when fans have turned up unwarranted to the state, not to the stadium, but going inside the stadium unwarranted and smashing shit up and all that sort of stuff, mate, I wouldn't feel safe as a player. They, the players have no reason to feel unsafe. They, they're loved by they the do. fans. The... You don't know that all. You don't know that all Man United fans. You haven't checked everyone on the way through. You don't know the motives of these people. I'm not it's... trying to be a security guard and tell you all this stuff. I don't know anything about that. All I'm saying is, I thought it was funny that they were made out to be these violent whatever people, and they're just passionate people shouting green and gold to the club is sold. I'm not supporting it. I just think you do need to make a statement, and you do need to make in in the face of yes, t- in the face the in the face of any kind of tyranny, apathy will always lead to the most horrible, horrible, horrible things to happen. We've seen it happen in the last hundred years across Europe. A lot, of people, a lot of people that were otherwise apathetic towards evil regimes allowed them to do all the horrible yes. things that they did. You, you can't commit. In, in the face of tyranny, in, in the face nah. of tyranny, you have to do what you think is right. And so if you are a patriotic football fan and you believe that your club is being ruled by tyranny and owners that are sucking the club dry, that's on them. That's on them.
Green and gold's the club is sold. Even though I'm an Arsenal fan, I think you're you have to do whatever shit, you need bro. to do, man. Like, even if it makes Menu a way more competitive That's... club, um, without the Glazers, I feel like uh, every club should be free of tyrannical ownership. Yeah, let's let's move on because you're chatting bullshit. All right, let's move on. So, talking about criminal behaviour. How am I talking about criminal behaviour? I just said that they Sh- weren't terrorists. I'm not Sh- encouraging Sh- anything. Sh- Shah's red card's a fucking criminal challenge, man. That is. Oh, we didn't talk about that, actually, yeah. I want to, like, Martinelli, a player that's been plagued with injuries, and you're going to do that to him. Straight red, get off the pitch. <sighs> Trying to argue with Mike Dean, oh, let's have a VAR check, bro. You know what the fuck you did to him. That's a disgusting challenge. I want him to fucking get banned for five to ten games for that challenge. It's malicious as fuck. I hate it. He'd only been on the pitch for, like, 15, 20 minutes as well, and he hadn't played for ten games before that with an injury. So yeah, why... Yeah. Are you coming back? This is your first game back. And the game's done for. There's nothing to play for. You're not going to score two goals in the last four minutes of the game because they were in about, I think it was the 90th, there was plus four at that point. And like, so what are you doing with that? And also, why is the only person who challenges Shah for doing that after he's done it, William, who just basically goes like, you probably shouldn't have done that. Like, not even that aggressively. If like what I, if this was a real spirited team, they'd all be up in his face going, well, how the fucking dare you do that yeah. to our player? It's so, like, disconnected. Like, I feel like if someone did that to one of the players on my pitch, I'd be all up in that person's face like, what the fuck are you doing? And no one's even bothered. Our player's writhing around on the floor. I don't know if he's actually injured or if he just wanted to get the guy sent off. But even so, like, Gwen Doozy at least got in the kid's face from Brighton. Like, yeah. and we will, oh, and he got, and he got dropped and exiled partly for it. It's like, at least he showed some love for the teammates. Do you know what it is, though, for me? I think that, I'm not saying this is right in the slightest. I think because the competitive edge of the game had completely gone. And we'd, it was 2-0. No, but that's just back in your boy, though. I know, I know, mate. I'm saying it's 2-0. It's We're 90 minutes in. The competitive edge has gone. If it was 1-1 and it was 85 minutes, then players are going mental, trust me. I think, you know... That for I think maybe for the players there's probably no point going mad to the other players a twat like for doing that challenge. I mean the competitive edge of the game is gone. I should I think I agree with you. I think they should have stuck up for Martinelli a bit more and they didn't. But I think maybe the only way positive I'm looking from is that maybe the competitive edge is gone and that's why they didn't get mad. That's all. I'm disappointed. I want to see more yeah. love and like backing. Anyways, let's move on. Up. You've got some questions that we've been asked that you you'll be need to answer and go through. So let's get it. Let's get it. Yeah, let me get them up now, man. So I put a comment on the our latest YouTube video, the Arsenal yep. Newcastle pre-match, um, and asked for any topics, or questions you want covered uh, for the game or, or for this podcast. Um, we've got two comments from Khalil and A4. So I appreciate them comments. Yeah, thank you And they're you very both much. quite similar comments. So I'm thinking we can just answer these kind of all together. Okay. Um, I'll read out the, the comment from Khalil and then A4 and then we'll, we'll get to it. So Khalil said, talk about how Arsenal can improve for next season slash new management, ownership, players, etc. A4 has put, talk about what Arteta needs to achieve to stay at the club and if you're in and out and why. So what do you want to start with, man? <laughs> Pass the buck to you. So, so, would you change? Like, can we just start from scratch? Like, same stadium, there's no one. Like, or like, like the whole everything needs replacing. The ownership needs replacing. Yeah. The other management needs replacing. The, the a, a lot of the team needs replacing. So, uh, I I think if we 
because of the ownership, I think everyone knows how we feel the ownership. We're hoping Cronkey's out, and we're hoping that we get an we get an owner that wants to invest in the team and wants the best for Arsenal and wants us to compete. Whether that's Daniel Ek from Spotify, regardless, you know, there's not really too much you can say on the ownership. Like everyone doesn't want Cronkey running the club or Josh Cronkey running the club, you know. So, I. The ownership side of it is is done for me. I, you, everyone knows how we feel about that situation. Management, I'm 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 thinking Arteta needs to go, and this incorporates with our A Force question as well. So I'm pretty much Arteta out at this point. I think we've had a dreadful season in the league. I think you know the only saving grace is if we're in Europa. But even then, I'm actually not convinced that we should go forward of Arteta at this point, even if we do win the Europa League. I think I've, I'm starting to change my mind on that. I think he's a rookie. Um, he hasn't learned. I don't think he's good enough at this point. Um, it's sad to say, because I support Arsenal with all my heart, and I love Arsenal with all my heart, and I always want the best for Arsenal. But I don't think that Arteta is the best for Arsenal. I was, I think I was speaking to you last night, and I was saying how well that Conte is doing with uh, Inter Milan and mm-hmm. Serie A and I'm thinking I told you he myself, never needs to come to Arsenal <laughs> either, either Rodgers or Conte if we can get them then there's they, no they way be Conte the leaves for me. to come to but Arsenal I'm just, I'm just saying like you never know he's got a vendetta against Chelsea they sacked him he's pissed off with Chelsea you never know he could go to Chelsea's rivals Arsenal and do a job and I think he'd make us competitive again I'm not saying we'd win the league within a year or two but I think he'd get us back into the Champions League and I think that's what we need. I think we should go all out for Conte or Brendan Rodgers. I really do. I think that'd be a really, really good place to start. And as far as he's put about uh, players as well, what should we do with the players? I think we've got good enough players to compete for top four. I really do. Yeah. I think that... Well, at least like be around know, there, like fourth, fifth, not yeah. tenth. I think if you look at what Brendan Rodgers has done with Leicester, how far they are into you know the Champions League spot, they're pretty much guaranteed at this point. And if you look at their team, I wouldn't say it's too dissimilar to to Arsenal I really wouldn't mm-hmm. I think position for position pound for pound we are quite similar pound for pound I love that the I, I think analogy. so though do you know what I mean I, I really do I, I, I genuinely do think that we've got quite equal teams I think Leicester have got better in positions I think we've got better in positions I really do think that we've massively underachieved I don't know whose better. team's better I know that they play like they're better than us right now yeah but that they and that what's the denominating factor is the coach I'm, I mean, that's why I'm saying I don't think that they I'm not going to say yeah. that they've got a better squad I'm saying they're playing much better the players yeah. are playing better football and they're technically better than us right now they know their job unless the players know their job but some of that is due to tactics and coaching and getting the best out of mentality and, and stuff the, the main the main difference between them it really is is, is consistency and that Arteta doesn't bring consistency I mean it's going to sound really trippy but he consistently does not bring consistency he really doesn't yeah, very up and down. This is why I'm hesitant yeah. to go like, oh, this is a really good game because like, it uh, it I mean. doesn't mean anything in the long run. <laughs> it doesn't and mean thing, progress. The thing that people need to realise as well is like, if we didn't win against Newcastle today after that pathetic Villarreal performance where we're lucky to still be in the tie, then I think, it, honestly, if we lost today against Newcastle, I think Arteta should have gone. I still think he should go. firing like, before the semi-final? I, I mean... If he didn't get a reaction from the t- this team against relegation candidates, well, not no, anymore, but like relegation level team in, in Newcastle after that Villarreal performance, and it shows he hasn't got the players, it shows he's not a good coach. So, you know, it was that. But do you want to touch on this, man? Because I'm talking way too much. Um, if we're talking about strictly player recruitment, um, yeah. Bellerin had a good game. 
But there's speculation about him in the future and what's going to happen with the right back slot. Allegedly, we're looking yep. at Hakimi. Allegedly, we're also looking at Max Ahrens. Lots of stuff has been floated around. If we do get rid of Bellerin, I think we'll get enough money from him to PSG or whoever uh, that will actually it'll be a pretty even net spend on who we replace him with. So it's not like we have spending a bunch of our transfer budget replacing him because um, he actually does have market value. And I think there are some clubs out there that believe that they can get 2016 Bellerin out of 2021 Bellerin. So I don't worry about that one too much. If we don't sign Odegaard, and we'll get to this, Kieran, um, yeah. then we do. I, I think we need another ten because Smithrow is injury prone, and yeah. um, we before we had Smithrow and we had no ten, it was awful creatively. I think we're stacked for wingers right now. I don't know what happens to Nelson, but we are in the position where I think we'll get between sixty and eighty million for all of our fringe players if we do decide to sell. I reckon we can get twenty for Nelson. I reckon we can get twenty for Willock. I reckon we can get fifteen for Enkesi, which is already fifty five. I reckon there's also value in uh Lack if we sell him. I'll get to the striker point after. We yeah. we've also got two assets that we don't currently play with us right now, which is Gwenduzi and Torreira. Gwenduzi might come back, Torreira won't. Torreira, let's just say ten, even though it could be more, um, yeah. because he's fucked himself and us in the process by yeah. um ruining our bargaining position. I understand yeah, I, I I understand his his personal situation. But if we're talking business, he's, you know, yeah, done yeah, that. Yeah. So there's probably eighty million in fringe players right now. Um so we've got money to spend. I, if Laka goes and we replace him, I would say we don't risk Martinelli on his own there. So I would get a new striker, someone like Eduard. There's probably a player, the French striker, but he's already 28 and I don't want to replace a 30-year-old Frenchman with a 28-year-old Frenchman that's unproven when the 30-year-old has already scored 15, 16 goals yep. in the Premier League, which would be the dumbest thing ever. We need a young 23, 24-year-old, maybe someone like Morelos at Rangers if he can stop being an idiot. Um, <laughs> I like that. He's just a walking red card, but he's not even that good. He's not that good to justify. He could probably play well for like a, a Southampton. Yeah. Um, if not, uh, let me think of strikers. Who do you think is striker-wise? Because um, Danny Ings wants to leave. I think he's on a free at the end of the season, isn't he? I'm pretty sure. Ings, he's not on a free. Has he not? No. Has he got one more year afterwards? I didn't even hear one more year. I he's definitely he not on a free. I thought he was on a free. I'm sure he's on a free. I'm, I'm sure he We is. could get Aguero, but yeah, it's, again, it's a risky one with the injuries. Yeah. I I think that you know we've got Martinelli, we've another one got actually. Balogun, just to say, contract. yeah, go on. Um, there's rumours to David, the Jonathan David. You remember? Uh, I think he's playing in Lille. Um, there've been rumours as well. Well, I mean, in the striker situation, I think that if we're not going to go out and buy, like, we're not, like realistically, we're not going to go out and buy a world class striker this this window. I, I'm honestly still quite relatively happy promoting Balogun, having Martinelli, having Lacquer well, then we're definitely after not, season. Yeah, but we're not going to have Lacquer. We're definitely not getting top four if we don't replace Lacquer. Yeah, but Remember, I we're 10th now and you need to replace 15 goals from Lacquer just yeah. to get back to 10th. Yeah, I, 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 honestly, I'm not sure in a striking position because it, it honestly, it's depending on what budget we've got. Like, I don't well, okay, no, really... but hypothetically, let's say we get the 60 million when I think we can get more for the, for those fringe players, plus what do we average spend on transfers in the summer? 70? So actually, if you sell all those players, you've got like 130. I'd rather, I'd honestly rather play Balogun and Martinelli more. I really would. But then you can't say I want to get top four because there's no chance. The, there's, but we've we've still got experience in Aubameyang and Lacazette. I still think we just need to give Balogun and Martinelli more game time because we're not going to go out there and buy a 40 million, 50 million pound striker anymore. 
I just but think we, we need to actually we, could. we've seen it but we've seen it but we, they won't though that's the thing we've I want to be realistic and we've seen it with Smith Rowe we've seen it with Saka give our young players the chance and they might Balogun if if Balogun starts 25 games next season or, or has 50, do you know what I mean who's to say he can't score 20 games that is 100% the wrong play I mean that's your that's your opinion you're putting a whole season on someone who's never really played in the first but I'm not before. saying Balogun, I'm saying Balogun, Martinelli. Like, I'm saying that we need to give them more game time, more opportunities. And they can the come off positions. the bench, they can play the Europa if we get into it, they can play the but League what, Cup. How are they, how are they going to develop into top striker? Because you saw it with Harry Kane, he went on loan, he had a good season. He then he can go on loan. He played in. Man, we, we need to play Martinelli and Balogun more. And we might, we might unearth a great young striker for the next 10 years. We need to play them more, give them opportunities, play them in their best positions. Fine, but then say we're going to finish 13th this year and it's fine. But we won't finish 13th. We're finishing 10th now with Lacka. We just need a good coach. But it's Marteta's the reason why we're 10th. It's nothing, it's not a lot to do with, like the players haven't been good enough, but you've got to look at the manager who's, who's fucking in charge of them. He's been trash. He has, I'm sorry, but he has. Arteta is the main reason why we're 10th. Well, I think we've gone up to 9th now, but just with a game in hand over Aston Villa. But like, the only reason we're ninth is because of players like Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka producing the form. If they, if Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka didn't come to the team, we'd be like 13th or 14th, I'm genuine. Right, Maybe even lower. back to the question. What I would do if they're talking about recruitment-wise is if it sounds like we've, we're gonna, we need to replace the right-back um, 10 and striker, the right-back should be a net neutral payment because Bellerin has value. If we do get Odegaard, that's a big chunk out. He'll probably be 50 million. Um, and then let's say we've got 50 more million after that and we do buy a striker like Edward for 20. We've got 30 in the middle. Uh, apparently, we're interested in Eve Pesuma from Brighton to fortify the midfield. I'd actually be really happy with that. And that's basically yeah. transfer business done. And we also need to buy a backup left back big time. Yeah. We really do, actually. Because like, when Tierney doesn't play, there's a big problem in left-back. I forgot about that, actually. They're sort of about Joel Lopez in the in the youth squad, but he um, hasn't even made the bench or anything got, like that. So you know, it's, it's got to be someone that's a level below Tierney. You know, well, I yeah. don't want us to spend 25, 30 million on a left-back. But I'm thinking if we can get a, quite a decent, solid left-back to play 10, 10 starts a season, 10 to 15 starts, while Tierney's probably... You know, he's he's not a proper injury-prone player, but he, he's going to be injured next season at some point. And we need someone to be like, instead of trying to accommodate Xhaka there or play Cedric out of position, let's get a genuine left-back who's happy, you know, because we had, like, Kolasinac. We, we don't want to be playing like players like Kolasinac. Yeah, let's get a genuinely solid left-back, and then I think we're good to go, considering, obviously, the positions. We'll disagree about the striker position because I don't think that that's our main priority right now. I think we need to invest more in the team elsewhere. Um, but yeah, like, where are you at the moment on Arteta as well? And then we'll move. If he on wins the Europa questions. League and he gets in the Champions League, then he gets some some more time to do what he needs to do. I don't think that it will create much, but you can't yeah. um, you can't fire someone for getting you back in the Champions League when that's what we've been yeah. desperate for for the last three or four years. True, true, true. But if he doesn't, yeah. then it's gone because tenth, eleventh in the league is absolutely so, so- terrible. Let's put it this way then. So let's say hypothetically, we somehow, you know, beat Villarreal in the semi-final, and we some even further somehow beat Manchester United in the final of the Europa League. Mm-hmm. And Arteta has a poor start in the league next season. Should he go then? Um, say say we you know we're in eighth or ninth, ten games. Yeah, if it's season. if it's looking like he can't turn it around, then in the same way that Emery was eighth or ninth when he got fired in yeah. November, it should be one of those ones. If he loses the dressing room, it's over. 
Yeah. Okay. But it's on him if he does get into the Champions League by winning the Europa League, and he has another summer to like get rid of all of the deadwood that holds in the cut, like the club back culturally and everything else. And he and it makes it his squad. Then he's got no excuses, and then he's just got to keep doing it in Champions League or not or nothing. Yeah, I just want to say like I do. It's, I'm conflicted because if he gets us back into the Champions League by winning the Europa League, like I do what I do think in my in my heart of heart, I'm thinking. Yeah, does he deserve more time because he's done that and he's got us in the Champions League? But because how poor we've been this season in the league, I'm thinking like, I'm 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 just not sure that. Yeah, I'm so I'm so like conflicted. Good luck like getting say. another manager to come to the club when you fired one for getting you in the Champions League. They'll see that yeah, and go, nope. But you'll see how trash he's been in the league, and it's justifiable. I'm I think saying, you'll I'm, put I'm a lot of people both. off the job. You'll make it look like a toxic Chelsea-like job. It's not, though, because Chelsea, you know, Chelsea shouldn't be anywhere near 8th or ninth in the league, and they would sack anyone, regardless of winning the Europa League, if they were ninth in the league. They would. So I, I just think, like, I'm conflicted. I, I can't give a right or wrong answer, because I, I don't know. But I, I feel like there's got, there's got to be consequences from how fucking trashed Arteta has been this season. Yeah, he's gone if he doesn't win the Europa League. But yeah, we'll we'll move on from from these comments because you know we've had a good old debate on these. Um, one thing because I think it's relevant for this week and after watching him play today um, is Saint Maximan. I haven't really seen any rumours or anything like that linking him with Arsenal, but I was just wanted to get your opinion if if you think he'd be a good addition to Arsenal. Gives us a bit of dynamic wing play. Um, Arguably, we have dynamic wing play, but. Like a I year, mean, two years ago, we had like no wingers, and now we've actually got like a lot of wingers. <laughs> like we've been very polarizing on the winger front. We've got Pepe, we've got Saka that are the starting two. We've also got Martinelli that can play on the left. Although you obviously we said that we see his future up front. Where Reese Nelson can also play on the right and the left. Yeah, but we don't. We and don't really William, have a like him, William right? can be like. Well, Pepe is a winger like him. I mean, Pepe doesn't skin players left, right, and centre like he did at the beginning. He's been sort of reined in by Arteta to play more like he wants him to play. But in France, he played a lot like Saint Maximin does in the Premier League. Yeah, I'm just thinking like, and he can definitely revert to that because that was his natural type. He's just become a more structured, sort of academic rather than creative player. So let's say, how much realistically do you think Newcastle would sell Saint Maximin for? Maybe. Well, mate, it's like they get relegated if they sell him, like if Crystal Palace sells Sahar. So how do you put a price on that? 55? Yeah, but Ashley's, you know, you know what Mike Ashley's like. I think you get him a little bit cheaper than that. I think you could go 40 million maybe for him. I yeah, I, I, right now there's just more pressing things though. Yeah. There's so I mean, many holes in this we... boat that I'm not buying a new fucking sale. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I mean, if we had the fu- if we had the funds and it would improve our squad with a player like him, and I really do think it would. Who really think... replacing the team? Because you already well, struggle get... to get Pepe regular game time, and you've got Willian right. in the reserves at that point. But that's what I mean. But think of how many games Willian's had this season. If you had Willian's played like 30 to 35 games this season, if Saint Maxman had 30 to 35 games this season, we'd be in a better position, in my opinion. So. That you know that there would be potentially space for him in the team. I I agree with you. It's not the most pressing issue, but I feel like say if in a in a dream world the Cronkies were like, ah, oh, right, we've got back into the Champions League. We want to invest in this team. We're going to spend you know over a hundred million this window. Because do you think last last window we spent nearly a hundred million in Gabriel and Partey and all that sort of stuff? So yeah, they... we also made some money back. We spent seventy yeah. and we got seventeen back from Martinez. I can't remember if we sold a couple of youth players. We sold Sam Greenwood for like three million and stuff like that, little bits. 
Um, so it wasn't all outgoings. And also we're a club with 400 plus million in revenue. Yeah. So they're investments. I think both, I think Gabriel was looked at as a player that, yeah, we spend 26, yeah. but he's a 30, 40 million pound player and we can sell that asset whenever we want for 50, 60 in the future. So I don't think it's like we're spending loads of money. It's like we're investing in shrewd decisions. Do you know what I mean? Like, but no, sorry, yeah. I don't mean to shit on your, like you, you, you are right. We should, we should have about that much money to spend. But yeah, I'm just thinking, would you, He's obviously positionally wise. He's not, you know, a priority. But if he was available this summer, um, with his skill set, I think he's just a slightly more dynamic. And he reminds me of Amon Torre a little bit, but he's just a bit more dynamic and a bit more got a bit of a better shot, kind of better, slightly better technical abilities. So I'm thinking, like, would you take him? Yeah, but how many goals he scored this year? I, I honestly don't know, mate. But I know that he's. Whenever he plays, he's he's Newcastle's best player by far. So you know, in in a team like Arsenal, where he he'd get more chances. He'd get we more need ball. someone that gets ten goals and ten assists a year. But how do you know he wouldn't though? That's the thing. If you put him in Arsenal, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Pulisic came and he got ten goals and ten assists. You need that from a player, and then the, the they're golden. I uh, would, he's. I, I I agree with you. Sam Maximan hasn't been given fully the opportunity to get 10 goals and 10 assists. A, he doesn't play in Europe, so he doesn't get the extra 10, 15 games to score goals that, you know, Pad and Ketier and Willock yeah. and Pepe stats a lot. I completely agree with you on that. Uh, and he's got worse players around him, so he's like if he's if he's crushing it, he's not got the same support. Um, by the way, I'm not saying that Semaximan wouldn't be a good signing. I'm just taking the opposition view to you just to, you know, spread it out and like yeah, I'm just get the points out. Like... I think he'd be, he would, he would definitely benefit the squad. Yeah. But is he another one of those players who's great at dribbling, mazy runs, able to do it well? But then, unlike Pepe, who doesn't really affect games but gets the stats, he seems to affect games but just not get the stats in the end. Like Dwight McNeil, affects the game, doesn't get the stats. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, but I do think like given a chance in a better team, he could potentially. I'd have Dwight McNeil actually, <laughs> and I, would, I wouldn't want that. So I, I've just had a quick look at Sir Maximan's stats because I was curious. He's been injured, so, in all fairness to him as well. Yeah, he's had 21 matches this season um, and it, it doesn't specifically say how many subs and how many starts. So I'm assuming he's starting if he's will. playing. Yeah, but I mean, I know he's had like bad COVID and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if he's had any sub appearances or anything like that. So 21 matches, um, he's had three goals and four assists. So that equals out to a goal contribution. One every three. One in, one in three. So, yeah. I mean... If if you if you equate it to say if he played thirty eight games this season that's about eight six goals and seven, six yeah that's well it's a little bit more I'd say it's probably seven and six and seven six and seven ish and then given them more and, well it's six and six point six six yeah something <laughs> like that but it's I'm thinking if you if you equate that to the fact that it's a Steve Bruce side like that doesn't really attack often like in a team like Arsenal would his his stats might go up quite considerably. Well, they need to go up fifty percent to get ten and ten. And I'm not. I don't think. And that's, that, that could happen. No, that could happen. It's whether he'd play as much as well. So you have got to take that into account. Yeah, I'd go for him, and he's still very young as well. Yeah, I he think is. he's only twenty-two or so. I think he's. I would take twenty-three, take twenty-four. I'll just double check quickly, but I, I don't think he's. Tw- oh, he's twenty-four. He's just yeah. turned twenty-four. So you've got a good six, seven, eight years of, on him. You got. He's also a really there. nice guy and a good personality, and yeah. he's funny on Twitter. I really rate him. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd honestly like to see him at Arsenal. I really would. 
he would benefit the squad if there was unlimited money, but in um, a scarce money season where we've not got the same revenue yeah. European-wise and we've been hit by COVID, I just don't see it happening. It's a dream, but it's a far yeah. distant dream. I thought dream. I'd bring it up because it's relevant for this week Yeah, because we're playing Newcastle. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, let's talk about Villarreal on Thursday. Yep. The biggest game of the season. The biggest again. game of so long. <laughs> the biggest game to... since Chelsea in the final in so, Baku. Yeah. It's it's Arteta's, you know, most important game in an Arsenal shirt. Arsenal, you know, an Arsenal shirt, but you know what I mean? Yeah. As Arsenal manager. Um What are you thinking for Thursday? We have to win one nil, man. Park the bus when we get one, like El Nenny's fifth minute goal. Right. Like cutthroat question. Don't want to hit any waffle. Just a yes or no answer. Do we get through on Thursday? My mind's telling me no. If you just say yes but or my no, body... I don't want to hear waffle, man. <laughs> it's telling me I yes. I told you before this. So you're... Yes. What are you saying? We're going yes. through it. We're bulldozing. We are so bad, but we are going to shithouse a win of the entire thing. We are going to go and get a 119th minute winner against Man U in the final, and we're getting in the Champions League, boys. Yeah, fuck Man U right now. Let's focus on Villarreal. We're winning 1-0. El Nenny's going another one, and we're going to defend for 90 minutes. We, we ain't winning 1 0. I'm telling you that much. It's going to be. It's Arsenal in the Europa League this season. It's going to be fucking mental. Like, just look at the Benfica and the Olympiacos games. Like, it's going to be. It's going to be interesting no matter what happens. It's going to be emotional as an Arsenal fan. I think. You know, I, I'm going to say we're going to do it and that we're going to win because I don't know what I'm going to do if we don't. So it's more that well, fire you know, Arteta. It's more pray. It's more praying and hope than it is, um, you know, anything else. Um, I think we could. I'm gonna go. It's it's a bit of a risky one, but I'm going for a three-one win. One nil. One, we're going through. Gonna keep, we're not. We're gonna. We're not keeping a clean sheet in this game. I'm telling you right now. One nil. I we're think we've got three-one. Three-one home advantage. We've got to get it. Um, so what's your team? Well, because they were dropped, you have to say that Saka and Pepe are going to come back into the team. Yeah, I assume 100%. that was the point. You have to assume that Party is going to come through as well as the other player who's yep. dropped. Tierney hopefully starts because he was meant to be back, but he didn't make it. He was nah, not I've... played mm. today, which is weird because you think that if he was going to be ready for Thursday, they'd give him 30 minutes. But I'm hoping that he just gets back in and manages to start. It would be a big addition to the squad if he does start. Who's your keeper for Thursday? Leno, still. Mine's Ryan. I know, I know yours is Ryan, but you've got a vendetta against Leno, and that's I haven't got a vendetta. You do. You absolutely hate him. He's been coasting for too long. He's made too many mistakes. You are jealous he? of that man, and I'm not his jealous at all. He and his lovely, beautiful you know, wife, and his lovely not, life on a hundred grand a week, and you, you know hate him. I want to see Ryan in goal. I want to see Bellerin back in the team over Chambers, hundred percent, no debates. I, I think Chambers Gabriel. will start because uh, Bellerin played ninety today. Gabriel starting. 100%. Yeah, he will start. He will start, I reckon. I want to see... Louise is going to be injured. We have to take you at this point of view. Yeah. So... Holding and Gabriel. Who, who, are going, who are you going out of... you going holding over Mary? Well, uh, the, the, the meme is that allegedly Mary and Holding play well together and then Louise and Gabriel play together well. But yeah. without Louise, I'd still... At the moment, after Mary played pretty poorly against Villarreal, I'd prefer... And Gabriel played really well today, that I would prefer to just go Gabriel and Holding. I'm going to go controversial at left back as well and I genuinely this is only if Tierney's not fit you Saka Saka at left yeah. back I think we we lose too then much then who do you play on the right 
So my team would change. Um, so it would obviously be Xhaka and Partey in the middle. Uh, it'd be stupid not to. After you know the last few months, you'd have to go for Xhaka and Partey in the holding positions. Um, Smith Rowe in ten for me over Odegaard. Honestly, he's a better player than Odegaard. You could probably play Partey as a single pivot and have Smith Rowe and Odegaard. It's like no. No. And then just have Odegaard as an 8 rather than a 10. I wouldn't start Odegaard. I don't think he offers enough. Um, he's too slow. Um, doesn't offer us enough going forward for me. I'd, so I'd go Smith-Rowe, 10. Uh, best 10 that we've got at our club by far. He's on the right, though. Um, I'm going to go Martinelli on the left. Um, Pepe on the right. And then I don't. Lacquer's not going to be back for this game, is he? Yeah, Alba out front. Alba out front, then. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Whether you agree or disagree, that's that's my thing. It's an interesting one. I I think I think we get because I feel like from the fullback positions we get so much more if you play if Tinny's not playing and you play Zaka you get so much more attacking threat than Zaka in that position. So yeah. that's why my reason for Zaka. If Tinny was fit, of course I'd start Zaka off the right, hundred million percent, um, right wing obviously. And then I think Bellerin's had a great game and I'd play him because I think you get more going forward again I don't think you lose too much defensively with Bellerin over Chambers because I think defensively they're quite similar players um, Bellerin's more prone to being caught out of position but he's got more pace than Chambers um, and Chambers gets skinned far too easily for a right back let's see how it goes on Thursday man let's call it there I love the creativity with that I don't disagree with you much but it's uh, it's, uh, it's definitely not what Arteta's going to do because he nah, doesn't do what people like us want they uh, have their own agendas that's been episode 29 of North London's Most Read I hope you enjoyed and we'll be back on Thursday for the most depressing or the most euphoric yeah. podcast we've ever done yeah thank you for all your support appreciate it cheers